Hey guys, welcome to Wrestling Days and welcome to Wrestling Days Reviews. We are reviewing this week's SmackDown and uh, we've got a lot to go through, a lot to talk about. Uh, I have just uploaded the Bray Wyatt video. Uh, obviously, that is the major talking point, and of course, we will be talking about it. Um, but if you really want to get to that part of this review, if you want to get to um, all of that kind of more in-depth Bray Wyatt specific stuff, that is up on the Wrestling Days channel right now. Um, it's up, it's out. People uh, seem to be enjoying it. Um, there's been some great comments already coming through on social media and everything. So a big, big thank you to everyone uh, that checked that out or uh, has yet to check it out. Um, but we're going to talk about the show. We're going to go through the whole show. And of course, we'll get to the Bray Wyatt stuff at the very, very end. So uh, let's start. I don't have any images, of course, because well, I took them, but I didn't get a chance to upload them. You uh, would have been waiting a little bit longer if I'd have done that. And I thought you would rather get straight into it. So uh, we start with Carrion and Scarlett. They are seen at the scene of a car crash. Uh, hard to know who caused this car crash because it felt like it probably was Drew or possibly was Drew. But actually later we would see Triple H with some police officers. Couldn't quite make out what he was saying. But uh, it was clear that there was some kind of conversation going on and it felt like it was connected. But we didn't get anything further on that. Uh, this would result in Carrion not being able to compete in the match he was advertised for. That was a number one contenders match for the Intercontinental Championship. So he wasn't able to uh, compete in that. That obviously uh, presented a big opportunity for someone else. And uh, of course, we would find out later in the show who would capitalize on that. So all of this, this car crash, uh, Drew attacking Carrion, uh, this all played out uh, before the uh, theme music hit. So that was at the very, very uh, start of the show. Uh, then what we got was we got a little backstage segment. The show properly began. We got a little backstage segment between Sammy, Solo, and Jay. Jimmy wasn't here for whatever reason. We never saw Jimmy at all tonight. He was handling business, uh, which is interesting. Don't know what he was off doing. Uh, there was a theory. I I've got Kutu said during our watch long, maybe Jimmy crashed the car, but... Given his DUIs, I don't think that's a good look. So I don't think that's a direction they have gone in or should go in. So uh, I don't think that's what's happened. But um, yeah, anyway, we had Sammy, we had Solo, we had Jay. They were backstage. Um, Sammy was about to go out for his first match. Phone rang and it was Roman. And basically Sammy, Sammy spoke on the phone uh, and he was like, yeah, I do think Jay could have done a little bit more to have helped obviously Sammy losing on Monday. Um, and so basically Roman wants to speak to Jay. So Sammy passes the phone over and uh, you've got like Jay being told off, basically. Um, I think he has to say like, you're the tribal chief and all this um, to Roman. And then he passes the phone back. And uh, then Sammy and Roman start sharing like a, a personal joke and they're laughing away. So, you know, we're constantly working on this relationship, this lack of relationship between Sammy and Jay. It's just continuously the focal point. And um, yeah, this was a way of uh, just kind of like furthering what happened on Monday, which I thought was good. I like the fact that like the shows connect, the stories continue. 
That's good. It's good that we, you know, something that happens on Monday plays out on Friday. You don't have to have seen it, but it does help just to see how the story is continuing. So uh, he basically gets off the phone with Roman and then goes out for his uh, match. And so it is Sammy against uh, Kofi. This match goes on for quite a while. Uh, plenty of outside interference, and it is outside interference that helps Sammy get the win. Jay helps Sammy get the win. Um, he actually rolls up Kofi. So Kofi goes against the ropes. I think uh, there's a drop kick through the ropes by Jay Uso, and then that allows Sammy to roll him up and pick up the victory. We would find out later in a little backstage segment that I don't know that Sammy saw that Jay helped. And so he was like, as they were like celebrating backstage, um, he was like, what are you celebrating for? Like, I'm the one that got the win. And like, Jay can't believe that Sammy didn't see that he'd helped him basically. So that story continuing. And uh, as I said, it's got quite, it's quite, it's good. It's, uh, it's not that complex to follow, but there's lots of little things that are going on. Like you can understand why Jay is getting so wound up um it's it's good it's interesting like exploring all these different relationships in the bloodline is it's really entertaining uh so that was our first match and honestly at this point we're about a quarter of the way through the show like the first match the sammy kofi match takes up quite a long time eats up a lot of time uh then we have ray going up to triple h saying that he wants to quit and um i thought this was done well it's nice seeing triple h in like an authority role I mean, we haven't been seeing him that much. Obviously, now he's in charge of creative and everyone knows. Uh, it's just great seeing like him with his name on a door and Ray coming and speaking to him. And uh, he basically said, I need to quit. Like my son is like slapping me in the face. Like I just cannot take that level of disrespect and I will not fight my son. Totally right. Exactly. That's exactly what he should say. And Triple H is like, look, let's let's work some out. Uh, what they work out basically is that Ray is going to stay on SmackDown. So Ray is a SmackDown star now, which is brilliant because this is the first time in about two years that Ray has been on his own. Like in the past two years, it's been Ray and Dominic. It feels like they've been on the road together for two years, sadly during a lockdown. But I'm sure that he's been around with Dominic, he's shown him the ropes. It's time for Dominic. It's time for that baby bird to fly on his own on Raw now. So Dominic's on Raw. Ray is on SmackDown. This is exactly what Ray needed. It's exactly what Dominic needs. Dominic needs to stand on his own two feet. It is sink or swim. And he's got so much support around him. He's got Uncle Edge. He's got Ray. I mean, everyone is going to make sure that Dominic, you know, stands on his own two feet. Everyone's going to make sure that Dominic succeeds and it works. So it's kind of like sink or swim, but he's not in very deep water, right? So he'll be absolutely fine. But uh, this is more what Ray needed, to be honest. I think getting Ray away from Dominic and now we can do some stuff with Ray is, is great. So I'm so into this. So, uh, yeah, he was seen with uh, Triple H. It is worth mentioning that there was a Bray logo on one of the boxes uh, backstage, and uh, that got people excited. Uh, obviously, what we would get later in the show completely overshadows that, but uh, it is worth mentioning. Then we saw Roxanne Perez. She's from NXT, if you don't know. 
And she was uh, talking to Raquel and Shotzi, and she said that she picks Raquel. She's chosen Raquel to be the person that Cora Jade is going to face down in NXT. Now, Cora Jade is going to go to Raw, and she will pick someone for uh, Roxanne Perez to face. And so um, this was nice. I, I like how they're tying in NXT here. I think that's pretty good. Um, it's it's really good, actually, because if you don't watch NXT, this is a great way of just introducing some of those stars so that if you do give it a chance and you do check it out on a Tuesday, then you're not completely lost, are you? You know, you've got a couple of stars that you can hang your hat on. There's a couple of people here that you can go, I know them. And so, you know, that's a good way in. And good chance you'll know Apollo. Good chance you'll know Sonya Deville, of course. Good chance you'll know uh, maybe Mandy Rose if when she's uh, back. I know she's off due to compassionate leave at the moment. I think, was it her mom that sadly passed away? So I think she was off this week as a result and probably next week, maybe the week after as well. Um, but anyway, there are some names that are down in NXT doing some stuff from the main roster. And there seems to be quite a nice connection now. Uh, I think uh, Vince always kind of kept them at a bit of a distance. And I think Triple H is going to try and include them. Of course he is, because NXT is very much his baby. So uh, we got that. Anyway, Damage Control arrive. They talk to Roxanne. They talk to Shotzi. They talk to Raquel. And uh, basically a match is made. Roxanne comes out with a great line saying, I was going to pick you, but like to Bailey, but you're on a bit of a losing streak at the moment. <laughs> savage, savage from the NXT girl. So, uh, yeah, she said that to Bailey. So the match was made anyway. Bailey's like, well, you three versus us three done deal. I hope you brought your gear, she said to Roxanne. Uh, and thankfully, she had. Uh, right, then we move on. Braun beats two jobbers. One was called Brian. I remember that much. And uh, a moss in a suit looked nice. Came through the crowds and watched. So he came through the crowd, stood uh, in amongst the crowds and watched Braun beat these jobbers. Then MVP said, look, you really think you're the monster of all monsters? Have you not seen the seven foot plus Nigerian giant? And, um, you know, clearly we're on a collision course between these two monsters. Don't know that the match is going to be very good, to be honest. But um, I think, it, you know, it's always fun when two giants kind of clash. So it's going to be a visual spectacle. It might not be a thrill ride of a match. I don't know how many people are looking forward to this encounter, but I don't know. It's a bit old school, isn't it? Smashing two giants against each other. It's a bit Andre the Giant, Big John Stud. It's a bit Andre the Giant, Giant Baba. It's, uh, it reminds me of like some giants of old. So, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm all right with seeing it, but I don't have high hopes for it. Then uh, the, the arena went dark and like the whole feed went i don't know if that was in the uk or if you got it as well but here in the uk we had a moment where um the uh the lights were off in the arena we saw it for all of a second and then the bt sport logo came up here we we watched smackdown on bt sport in the uk in america of course you watch it on fox so i don't know if your feed was disturbed there or not i'm certainly not saying that's bray connected I think genuinely there was a problem with the feed. So something happened. And so I'm not too sure what happened there. It was down for a few minutes. Uh, but basically, when we come back, we get a little video package 
talking about the Intercontinental Championship match that was coming up. And that's when we saw Sammy uh, and Solo and Jay Solo obviously was in that Intercontinental uh, number one contenders match. And um, we were about to go to that later in the show. And Sammy was under the impression he had won earlier in the first match on his own. Then we got LA Knight uh, against Mansoir. So LA Knight, everything looked as it was, to be honest, um, as it was in NXT. Uh, same music, same presentation, same sort of ring gear. Uh, he has a match with Mansoir. He wins. He wins with the BFT, uh, gets the victory, and then cuts a promo after basically laying into the crowd, saying, I didn't do that for you. I think he calls them like swamp dwellers or something like this. Um, he says that he did it for him. Everyone, uh, mark the date because you're all going to get your ticket punched. Uh, so LA Knight is a heel, uh, which I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Crowd really liked him. Crowd really liked him. But I mean, look, faces that the crowd really liked turning heel happened throughout the history of wrestling. So uh, it is what it is. It's just caught me by surprise because I wasn't expecting them to turn him heel so quickly. I, I think I knew he would be heel at some point, but uh, I don't know that I expected it to be straight away, straight coming out of uh, Maximum Male Models because it felt like he turned on Maximum Male Models and that was him turning face. It wasn't. It was just him turning on them. So uh, LA Knight was in action. He gets uh, a, a relatively quick win over uh, Mansoor and um, yeah, he lets the crowd know that he is not a face. He is not a face at all. Uh, then we got uh, the match between Damage Control, Roxanne Perez, Shotzi, and Raquel. Uh, it was uh, a win for Damage Control. Bailey pins Roxanne. This was a bit weird because for the longest time, it was just Bailey and Roxanne. Like there was a big spot on the outside. I think EO did a moonsault into Dakota, who was on top of Raquel. They all got wiped out. Um, I didn't quite see where Shotzi went. And uh, basically, it just left Bailey and Roxanne in the ring for quite a while. Uh, they were going back and forth, but uh, it was Bailey that got the pin in the end. Then we got Bray's logo just appear on screen. There was a bit of like uh, disruption. And then we saw an eye, a female eye. I have put that in the latest video. So if you want to see a little bit more on that, again, check that video out. It's up on the Wrestling Days channel right now. Then we saw Sarah Logan. Um, so we saw this uh, figure, uh, seemingly a female figure. I mean, I don't even know why I'm saying this. It was Sarah Logan. Uh, she was uh, with the Viking Raiders, of course. And it's it feels like they're doing some kind of ceremony. It feels like we're on the verge of bringing her in. Um, I mean, we, we've seen her a few times now. I don't think they've just recorded that to add to like the Viking Raiders video package. I think she's coming. I think that that's where this is building. So we did see some glimpses of the Raiders. And as we said, we saw Sarah Logan. Next up, we got a short match. This was Hit Row against Legada del Fantasma. Uh, Zelina Vega looks great in this group. Um, I thought Electra Lopez did as well, though. Uh, we also had uh, Santos Escobar in a sharp suit looking great. He looks great in this group. Uh, we had Zelina Vega wipe out B-Fab on the outside. Uh, and basically, it's a win for Legada del Fantasma. It's pretty straightforward stuff. 
I don't know if Hit Row needs to go and get another member. It's hard to know where this feud's going to go from here. Obviously, they were attacked last week. We've now had a match. Regarded Del Fantasma victorious, standing tall, standing strong. They were all standing in the ring. I mean, it felt, I don't want to say effortless. There was definitely work that was put in, but I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know where Hit Row go from here. Like, it feels like they potentially need another member. Like, it feels like they're missing Swerve. Uh, they did try to get Swerve from AEW, uh, but apparently he's tied down under a pretty uh, lengthy contract and there was no way of getting him. I don't think he wanted to go either, to be honest. I don't think he was very impressed with how he was used and how he was treated. So I think he's quite happy in AEW. But uh, yeah, hard to know where Hit Road go from here, to be honest. Then we got a backstage segment with Liv attacking Sonya Deville. So Liv Morgan attacks Sonya. This was uh, kind of crazy because I think Sonya was backstage just trashing Liv. Liv just arrived, started beating up Sonya. There's a lot here. There's another Bray Wyatt logo, potentially a hooded figure, but it's really hard to tell what it is. This, If it is a hooded figure, they are perfectly still. Like if it turned out that that was like a bit of staging or, you know, some metal work that was just leaning up against a pillar, it could be that. But it did look like there was a hood on it. So... I don't know. It's difficult, really difficult. You don't, you ain't got much to work on. I've certainly not got the magnifying glass out and super analyzed anything. So at this moment, it's just be aware it could have been a hooded figure. Um, and as we said, a Bray Wyatt logo in the background. Uh, Liv goes quite far for this being a backstage thing. She actually climbs up some scaffolds, like some metal work, and then she does like a senton off the top through Sonya, who's on a table. Like, they're really trying to make Liv cool. They're really trying to push her, like, further than what you see of, like, a backstage brawl. So, yeah, I mean, like, this was good. I, you can't really criticize it. It was cool. It was good. People love tables. Um, and, like, a big spot backstage. You just don't see that. You just see, like, people punching people and peaching people going down. That's it, really. That's a backstage brawl. You don't really tend to get much more than that unless it's going to be, you know, something like Brock and Roman and there's like forklift trucks and cars and or something's happened in a car park or something like that. But just two people actually brawling by the interview area. This went way further than we would normally uh, see. So, yeah, interesting. Then we got to our main event match. This was for the number one contender, Intercontinental, Fatal 4-Way. We had Ricochet come out. There's about just over half an hour left in the show at this point. We had Ricochet. We had um, obviously no Carrion. He would be replaced by Rey Mysterio. We had Sheamus, and we also had Solo Sokoa. So these were going at it. We had the brawling brutes getting involved. We had uh, Sammy and Jay getting involved. Uh, there was a lot of interference. There was a lot of noise. There was a lot going on. Uh, bottom line is that Ray Mysterio picks up the win. Don't feel brilliant about Ray winning, to be honest. Um, the reason being because I don't think he's winning the Intercontinental. It'd be crazy to take the belt off Gunther now. Like, I feel like he's had it a little while, not that long. He's had it a little while, and he's doing good things with it. Like, the feud between Gunther and Sheamus has been fire. The feud between Brawling Brutes and Imperium has been fire. Um, I kind of feel like he's just great as the Intercontinental Champion. Like, do we need 
to put it onto Ray. I mean, we could, I suppose we could. Ray deserves it. Ray's a legend. He's just been trapped with his son for two years. So I'm not down on if they do put it on Ray, but I don't know. I'm, I'm really torn. I'm really torn because I don't know that we need to go in that direction. I, But equally, like, does Ray need to move to SmackDown and now lose to Gunther? I don't know. What what does Ray do? Where does he go from here? Because gotta think he's not going to be anywhere near the title. I don't think Ray is the one that's beating Roman. Is Ray the one to beat Gunther? I, I don't think so. He's just been in a tag team with his son, so we do not need to put him back in the tag division. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard. What do we do with Rey Mysterio? I feel like we've got a little bit of a problem there. We've got this great talent. And we just don't really know how to use him. So, yeah, hopefully they get a juicy feud, actually. Maybe Legada del Fantasma versus Rey and friends or something. Perhaps, uh, perhaps he has to get a few friends by his side. We get a bit of a faction war. But saying that, he's just come out of that situation with Judgment Day. You know, it was Ray, it was Edge, it was AJ. He's just come out of one of those. So, yeah, I think I think this is tricky. I think this is tricky. But right now, he won this match. He won this match, and uh, it is going to be Ray versus Gunther uh, down the road. We'll see how it goes, but I feel like Gunther should retain. That's how I feel. And then uh, we get to our main event. Now, I do have one picture. It's not the most exciting picture in the world, but I think it kind of sets the mood. Uh, and it is Bray. Now, there's, I don't regret what I said in the video that I've just recorded, but I, I do worry a little bit that people might not quite understand what I'm saying. I said in that video that this could be seen as an exaggerated version of Bray's true self. Now, what I mean by that, and, and maybe I didn't explain this good enough, I don't know yet. I'll, the comments will soon tell me. But what I meant by that was that Bray shared a lot. He shared a lot more than he needed to share. I kind of feel like if he wanted to reveal his true self, he could have said, like, I just want to take a moment to thank you guys. I was at my lowest point and you were there for me. Like, he could have shared stuff. For him to come out and start by saying, I'm really nervous. I'm so nervous. Like, I don't know. I mean, like, that could be true. Like, it could be true. He could be really nervous and he's just going to share that with us. Or it could be that he comes out and wants to show his vulnerabilities and he wants to show that he is being open and honest and that he is portraying a super real sense of himself, right? This is him, but it's him turned up to 11 right this is he is vulnerable he is got self-doubt he has got a lot of like anxieties or whatever and he's had a lot of problems you know he spoke about how he lost his self-confidence you know he revealed a lot he revealed a lot and the only thing that i think that I, i don't know if i explained it well enough is that when i said in the video this could be a new character. This could be an exaggerated version of himself. I'm not saying that he did not speak to us honestly. I'm not saying that he didn't take a moment to actually talk to us and say 
thank you and that that thank you wasn't real. Like, I believe it was. I believe the thank you was real. I believe the vast majority of what he said was real because why would it not be? I mean, he talks about losing two people. Like, that's very real. Um, I just think the presentation of it, the fact that he shared so much, the fact he went so far, the fact he started by saying, I'm really nervous. The fact that he showed as much vulnerability, that's the bit that when I say exaggerated, that's the bit that I'm referring to. Not so much the content, not so much like, I don't think there's anything here that, oh, I, I really appreciate it. And he's exaggerated it to saying, I love you. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I think that this was very, very interesting, very interesting because I think it's very real. And I think that realness is turned up to 11. So for those that didn't see it or those that want a recap, again, all of this is in that video. I know I'm pointing you in that video a lot, but uh, I feel like we cover a lot in that video. That video goes for over 10 minutes and I don't know that we're going to hit absolutely everything here that we did there. But let's have a look. Let's see. So it opens with uh, the shot of the door. The door, again, back from Extreme Rules. That is very interesting because it feels like it's part of his presentation. The door opens, blue light shoots out. He comes out with no mask, the lantern that we saw at Extreme Rules, and a very new, optimistic, uplifting theme tune. Now, I haven't heard the lyrics. The lyrics, I'm sure, are very, very interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Code Orange that were behind it. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me. They've been connected with Bray. They've been connected with like Malachi Black. So it wouldn't, and they've kind of tweeted out the full circle. So it wouldn't surprise me if it turns out to be a Code Orange song. I legit haven't seen. So it could be one of their existing pieces of work. Felt to me very uplifting from the music. Felt very positive. And he made his way down to the ring. He gets into the ring. I'm not going to tell you everything that he says because it's quite, quite lengthy. It, but it basically, it's him saying, thank you. Yeah, it's him saying, I'm so nervous. He says, this is me, the real me. And he then starts talking about how he lost a couple of people, lost his self-confidence, but we were there for him. Um, you know, people would come up to him and say, thank you. He was there for them when they were at their lowest points, but he needs to thank us because we saved his life. Um, and, you know, he kind of went down down that road. And he was talking and then um, he doesn't he doesn't get to finish like all of his thoughts. As I said, felt very real, felt hyper real, felt like it was turned up to 11. And then this masked image, this masked person interrupts. Now, we believe this person is called Uncle Howdy because that's been reported by Fightful that Uncle Howdy is what they're calling the masked, you know, thing uh, backstage internally. So it feels like this could be Uncle Howdy. And so this Uncle Howdy uh, person, I, I think I've got it written down because what he said is really interesting. Yeah, I think I've got this word for word, right? He says, little one, my little one, come with me. Straight away, that's interesting because come with me is in Bray Wyatt's first promo that he does in FCW and come with me was in those QR clues. 
yeah, those QR codes. So come with me straight away. You go, smacks you in the face. Your life is done for. Forget the future. Forget the past. Your life is over. Breathe your last. You have no idea who you're dealing with, do you? But you will. And then it laughs. And then I think it says you will. It goes off screen. And then we get Bray's logo. And that's it. So this feels to me like we may have just seen a new character. And this new character is a hyper sensitive, super real version of Bray. And again, I have to keep saying this. I don't mean that he is exaggerating his feelings. I just think the amount that he is sharing uh, is very, very interesting, more than I thought he needed to share. Uh, and certainly more than what we're used to seeing from him. We're not used to seeing anything from him. So all of this is crazy. All of this is like turned up to 11. So I don't know if that's new character. The fact that the music was there may, makes me think that it is. But then this Uncle Howdy interrupts and says, your life is done for. You've, you breathe your last breath, which kind of implies that this version of Bray is about to be killed off and that we could be going in a new direction. And is that going to be the masked, uh, kind of the mask that we saw at Extreme Rules? Don't know. Really don't know. I, I, this could be a new persona, this Wyndham, real Bray. I hope he keeps this. I, I think this is very interesting. I think if Bray has the ability to talk to us as Bray, as Wyndham, I think that's really interesting because it cuts through, cuts through, doesn't it? Cuts through all, it cuts through everything. Like you can build up like these interesting stories. You can build up these interesting characters. But if he still has the ability to talk to us as himself, it can cut through all of that. And I think this would be really interesting if he was able to keep this him, right? I would love to see this guy wrestle, yeah? I'd love to see more promos from this guy. I think a lot of people really enjoyed hearing from this guy tonight. So I, would, I hope he does stay. Clearly, there's more to it. I feel like he's being led. I feel like he's being controlled. I feel like this person could turn out to be Bray as well. I feel like there could be a split personality thing going on. I feel like there's got to be a way you bring in the other people. And that's going to be very interesting. How we do that. How we achieve that. Obviously, there was that stuff with Liv and maybe a hooded figure and, you know, a few little bits and bobs. We did talk as well about the circle at the bottom by the logo. I didn't actually speak about that in the video because there was people giving me like mixed messages and kind of casting doubt as to whether the circle in the bottom right was uh, a thing or not. The only thing I can tell you is that that circle in the bottom right is not always there for BT Sport and it was there during Bray's promo. So I now think that is significant. I actually now think that is a thing. Um, so we spoke about it because the circle, I don't know that I, I might be able to find the image. The circle is also there during uh, the Liv Morgan segment. So if I find Liv's image, for those that are watching on YouTube, uh, I'm going to try and get the Liv Morgan uh, image for you. Uh, and show it on screen so you can see what I'm referring to. 
go here. So there, bottom right corner, you can see the WWE logo and the circle next to it. Now, the problem is this image that I'm showing was not taken by me. That was doing the rounds on Twitter. I don't know what country that is from. I, everyone's got slightly different watermarks. So it's really hard for me to know if this is India, for example. Is that something that happens uh, on the Indian feed? Like, I have no idea. I don't know. I, I don't have access to that feed. So to me, the bottom right corner, the circle next to the WWE logo, I did notice that during the watch along. We commented on it, but there was mixed feelings as to whether it was a thing or not. I can now tell you it is. I can tell you it is because I know what's on the screen for BT Sport and it's not a circle uh, next to the WWE logo, but it did appear during Bray's uh, promo. That makes me think that I now need to just keep an eye on that in the bottom right corner because if that circle appears next to the WWE logo, there is a chance that it is Bray related and how interesting that during Liv's uh, segment backstage, there is a circle that uh, potentially makes it Bray-related. So, uh, yeah. And um, there's the hooded figure next to the pillar, and then uh, the box that's next to that uh, is seemingly Bray Wyatt's logo. So lots to uh, get our teeth into and lots to talk about. Uh, that's kind of my thoughts on it. That's my feelings on it, and I can't wait to get to yours. Uh, so with that being said, let me see if I can jump over and get the, don't think I got a chance to get the chat on screen. Uh, I do want to say a big thank you though, to everyone that's joining us because, um, obviously this is over on the second channel and, uh, I appreciate that this is still a very unusual place for these reviews to be, but this is where they live now. Right. So this is where they are. So big shout out to everyone that is, uh, joining us. Uh, right. Let's go over to the chat. Uh, AR1 said the circle is nothing. Well, I would have to disagree about the circle because I know it's not there during the show or certainly not during all of the show because I take screenshots for this review. So I take screenshots and I know that that circle was not there uh, during the other parts of the show, but it is there during Braze. Uh, Uncle Howdy could be looking over WWE to find new faction members, says Rovell Times. Uh, Return of the Oshi said, can you check Twitter? Uh, I can, but if you've got something to tell me, it's better if you just tell me so that I don't have to go through all the notifications. If it's an image, then I can understand why you would want me to look. Uh, check Twitter. It could be something big. Yeah, what is it? Uh, Denzel said, maybe that's when Uncle Howdy is watching. I sent a picture from the video. Uh, I... I'm going to struggle to find it because the notifications are pretty in-depth. Oh, there's quite a lot. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. There's a lot of notifications, as I'm sure you appreciate. People sending me stuff to do with Kyle as well. Kyle uploading a new image and whatever. It's easier if you just say what you think you found, to be honest. Uh, Angelo said Bray was emotional on his way to the ring and it hit me. 
Rick said, if Uncle Howdy is the mass figure, I'm really interested with Uncle Harper turns out to be. Uh, Uncle Howdy is basically a less wacky version of The Fiend. Uh, 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 it might be a more sadistic, actually, because uh, we don't know what kind of thought process The Fiend had. The Fiend was silent, came down to the ring and just, you know, had matches. We don't, it seems like this Uncle Howdy is intelligent. I'm not saying the fiend wasn't, but we don't, we don't really know. Like the fiend was just darkness. So we don't quite know what its, what its motivation was, what its thought process was. But I think what we heard from Uncle Howdy was quite dark. You know, a, a little one, my little one. There's something quite fatherly, uh, like paternal about that. Uh, come with me. And again, that links back to his old uh, promo. Your life is done for. I mean, I, this is dark. It's dark. I think if, you, if you're going to try and make out that this Uncle Howdy is just a less impressive fiend, I, I don't know that that's true. I don't. I mean, visually, I would agree. But I think psychologically, there's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on. Like, your life is done for. Your life is over. Breathe your last. It's dark, man. It's dark. So I feel like, I feel like the fiend was, I feel like the fiend was visually impressive when it came to wrestling. But I feel like this Uncle Howdy has got the ability to be quite impressive with his language and what he says. And I think that he can be a bit more sadistic. We don't know what he's going to make Bray do. We don't know what he's going to make the Wyatt Six do. Are they going to have to do his bidding? Is he a new entity that's going to be unleashed? I'm sure he will be eventually. Will the Wyatt Six all wear his face? We've already seen Bray wearing a mask of him this Uncle Howdy, if that's what it is, will all the other members do that as well? Will all the other members have to wear a mask of his face? Is he like the unofficial leader? Will there be a higher power reveal? Will it be revealed that it's Bray and, a, and just another side of Bray? Is that why he was, I don't want to say playing up his vulnerability, but it did feel to me like it, he was sharing really everything he could and it was turned up to the max you know was he doing that because this is an, an a, a windham turned up to 11 and so when we find out that this other version is him as well it's going to be quite impactful it's a bit like you know how funhouse bray was like kids and friendly and bubbly and all that kind of stuff that was a lovely counter to the fiend who was so dark and so demonic. And that's why the contrast works so well. You've got Funhouse Bray, who's light and bubbly and friendly. Of course, he could turn dark and you saw a darker side to him. But the fiend was the counter to that. Is this what we're kind of seeing again? Is this, you know, uh, a Wyndham, a very honest, open Wyndham, but turned up to 11 and then it will be revealed that this Uncle Howdy is also Bray, but a different part of Bray. Don't know. 
It's interesting, isn't it? Uh, the Twitter image I sent you, uh, I inverted the colors. It's a woman with black hair in a white mask. Thank you. Very interesting. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, so there is a, a, a face. I don't know quite where it's found. Uh, I don't know where this has come from. So maybe crossover can let us know in the chat. But there is an image of uh, a person wearing some kind of mask and you can't you can't quite tell who it is i mean i can show you uh that i don't know where this is from this is uh something that i'm i've yet to look into so that is doing the rounds don't know where it's come from seems to have been hidden in the show somewhere but it's uh someone um seemingly a, a female with long hair uh wearing a mask so we'll have to see Bob said, uh, Fox sucks. They need a better network. They cut him off whilst he was literally middle of his speech. Uh, Rick said, I'm not sure if it's been told yet, but the white rabbit image that Carl tweeted out a while ago was shown for a frame in the video on SmackDown. Mr. DXZ said, if the masked figure is either named from the trademark forms, it's likely Uncle Harper. Why else would Bray allow... Uh, uh, would else Bray allowed to carry that name? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know what they're doing with the Uncle Harper. The only thing I know is that Uncle Howdy is apparently what they're referring to that masked person as internally, and that was on that was on Fightful. Uh, that's the image I inverted the comers on, said Crossover. Uh, the Fiend, I always thought, was Bray's ID, a creation of himself born from pain to protect him. If he lets go of the fiend and turn to Uncle Howdy, that means the fiend was also being controlled, said Trini. Um, not necessarily. If he has let go of the fiend and escaped the fiend, it, it could mean... It's really difficult, to be honest, because at, at first I was under the impression that the fiend was darkness that Bray had learnt to control because that's what he told us. He said, I've learnt to control it. And, and and that's what he said. But seemingly as time went by, and I don't know if this is Vince, I don't know if this was Bray or if this was Vince, but seemingly it, it, it wasn't something that he was controlling. It was actually something that was controlling him. And it also seems like it infected Alexa. And something seemed to uh, affect Alexa. I mean, Alexa has said that she was shown the darkness like this. This is where, like, when things are so vague, it can be quite difficult to put those pieces together because was the fiend in control of Bray or was Bray in control of the fiend? Because I was told Bray was in control of the fiend by Bray, but seemingly that might not have turned out to be true. So... Either way, if they have parted ways, it might not it might not indicate that the fiend was being controlled by a higher force because it might just be that Bray Bray might have just learned to have let it let it go, basically. He might have just found a way of distancing himself from that darkness and uh, kind of emerging out of the the shadows. I don't know. It's it's very difficult. It's very difficult because I don't think it was ever really explained very clean. And so 
also we kind of know where we are now is there's no sign of a fun house. There's no sign of puppets. We did get them at Extreme Rules, but I didn't see anything tonight. And what we did get is we got a very honest Bray that was seemingly turned up to 11. And we got this figure again, this Uncle Howdy mask. So it feels like this is where we are and potentially a, a, a Wyatt 6 coming in. Feels like we're we're here rather than around a fiend and a funhouse. So, mm. interesting. Uh, everyone is tired of Roman and Roman's total reign. It's getting his career will go down as a failure, says Byron. Uh, Big Boy said, what if Funhouse Bray and the Fiend is just one of his personalities? I would love it. Yep, I would love it. I would love it if he's got the ability to come out as himself, come out as Uncle Howdy, come out as Fiend, come out as Funhouse Bray. Like, I, I, I feel like the Fiend is so popular that I think if Bray is really in a corner and really needs to end a feud, he turns to the Fiend. He turns to his darkness and he's got the ability to still conjure that. So I love that as put him inside a hell in a cell, put him inside a cage, put him in a street fight, put him in whatever, but you, you're in there with the fiend. And I, I feel like that should be a character that you can still use because it's very, very popular. As well as that, I think... For now, Spray, I don't want to say that you haven't got much that you can do with him, but I I feel like he in-ring is more limited. I don't know that we need Funhouse Spray in the ring. I feel like Funhouse Spray might be fun in a Royal Rumble, but um, I don't know I don't know when we'll ever need Funhouse Spray in the ring. We need Funhouse Spray in the Funhouse. So if ever we do a Funhouse, then we need Funhouse Spray. In-ring-wise, I think it'd be great if he could be this new, this true version of himself. Let's say Wyndham uh, and Fiend, like when uh, on certain rare occasions. And then honestly, who knows where this Uncle Howdy thing's going to lead? Like it could turn out he is Uncle Howdy as well. Uh, JP Ville, shout out to you, my friend. Been really supportive during the watch alongs, really supportive uh, during this review as well. Really appreciate it. Said Funhouse Bray said he learned how to harness the darkness. This seems like the other way around. An optimistic Bray being controlled by a more sadistic creature, like MPD type vibes. I I like that. I like the I like what you say there that he was Funhouse Bray, but he learnt to control the darkness. That was the fiend. This time he's more vulnerable Bray. Uh, honest, open Bray, real Bray, if you will, Wyndham, if you will, um, but is being controlled by a sadistic creature. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, JP Bill, shout out to you. I like it. Uh, Trini said, that's where Alexa ruined it for me. I don't blame her. I blame Vince, but if I, if Bray was in control of the Fiend or the other way around, how did he allow Alexa to betray him and lose to Randy? Yeah, I, uh, to be honest, I mean, like, I feel that he might have, she said that she got shown the darkness, but she realized that she had been the one that was controlling the darkness. She is the one that didn't need anyone else, like, guiding her anymore. She 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 spoke on the Raw after WrestleMania 37. I watched it actually not that long ago. 
just to, as a refresh. And she was saying that, you know, she got shown the darkness and um, she she found out that she didn't need anyone else, basically. So I don't know if the fiend showed her the darkness and that was it. Uh, it's hard to know. Like if she was, if the fiend was part of her, then you're you're right. It should be the same entity, surely. I mean, who knows how this works? Uh, for me, this is where things like you know, I agree, just get really problematic. I think like there might be a story there, and I'm sure you can sit down and conjure one up and come up with you know something that does tie it all together and explain it all together. But I think when it's kept quite simple, I think it's I think it's great. You know, Bray's darkness, his frustration his anger, that all being harnessed into another personality, if you will, that was the fiend, that is that is where I fell in love with the Funhouse. I love the Funhouse anyway, but, I mean, you've only got to look at the Wrestling Days channel, see my reaction when Bray is explaining to us what the fiend was, how he learned to control it, and how it was his darkness, and it felt like it was a a different personality, a split persona. I was just, I was in love. <laughs> I was in love. Look at the reaction videos. Look at the theory videos. Loved it. I loved it. I love the fact that he can go out there and he can be this positive like person, Funhouse Bray, but he's got a darker side that he can harness that's really damn cool, called The Fiend, that can... Uh, that he can get a hold of as well. And I agree, like when Alexa came in, I was excited because I thought it was great for her. I thought it was great for Bray as well because it gave them something else to explore. But I do agree, like the the going down those roads, like if it was the did the fiend kind of corrupt her if she was shown the darkness? You're absolutely right. Why could the fiend not not see that coming? Why could he not deal with that at WrestleMania 37? It just it, it leads to more questions, doesn't it? It becomes like problematic. So I don't know. I, it's really hard to know how much Vince muddied the water, isn't it? It's really hard to know how much was Bray, how much was Vince, how much did Bray want to do, how much was Bray in control of it. We know there was a lot of creative differences. So, you know, maybe the, that was part of it. Maybe that was part of it. Maybe that was part of those creative differences. But uh, I'm really, I'm really hopeful for this one. Really hopeful. I feel like whatever we get now, Bray is in the driving seat, and I'm really hopeful that however it's presented, it's going to be good, well thought out, creative, and let's see where it goes. So far, great, loving it, loving it. Who isn't? I think it's intriguing. I think you can read into it. I think it's, it's great. I think it's great. Um, Funhouse Bray should just referee in his red sweater and smile and do three counts theatrically with a big grin. Uh, King of Hunico said, what's going on? Is this a different show? This wasn't the SmackDown I saw. I have no idea then. This this is what happened at the end of the show, buds. Uh, Ugly Country said, kind of enjoyed how some storylines got unseen, sticks put in them and started. Kind of enjoyed how some storylines got unseen, sticks put in them, and started. 
Uh, there's still a lot of darkness in this noggin. It's what Bray said, says Matthew. Uh, I think that was that after um, WrestleMania when he was talking about new beginnings and everything. Uh, Agandhi, the great, said, I think what killed it for her is when she was eliminated at the Women's Rumble. That's where the downward spiral happened. Uh, Three Diglett said, Bray created The Fiend. I know damn well this crying Bray isn't going to last. Uh, William said, I think we just heard Bray is in the backseat and Mama has her foot on the gas. Uh, this reminds me of the God Trimurti three faces on one body, said Tomas. Byron said, Roman needs to defend the title every week. He doesn't need to defend every week. That'd be overkill. He doesn't need to defend every week. He needs to defend every 30 days. Uh, Bray will be the Harvey Dent from Batman. Hey, that's that's a really good shout because we know The Fiend was based on the Joker. So, uh, right. Let's uh, jump over and have a look, shall we, at your thoughts on this show and see where we are with that. So we've had quite a few responses, actually. I don't feel like I need to have a look and see what your favorite part <laughs> of the show was. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting ready for the word Bray a lot. Uh, right. So uh, we had uh, quite a few responses. We said good, good number of responses. Eight looks to be the show score. And I think that's very, very fair. I can tell you that nine was in second position. Right. Here we go. Uh, Bray uh, got four responses. Bray Wyatt got two responses. Uh, my thoughts on Bray. I think Bray is going to build a multiverse of madness with split personalities using each one in some capacity, uh, showing the inner conflict between evil and good, the two sides of him, like two worlds collide, uh, and which one will be dominant. Bray's emotional uh, speech, I'll tell you this, I personally don't think the mass person is Bray because at TLC in 2019 Funhouse, Bray encountered the fiend. Bray was standing in the ring while he got interrupted. So me personally, I don't think that was Bray. Well, he got interrupted by someone on screen, didn't he? And it made me think, and I could be wrong, because I'm having to remember TLC 2019, which I don't know that I've watched since TLC 2019. But um, I think he was in the ring. I think he got interrupted by a video of The Fiend which I always thought could have been pre-recorded. It could have been him when he was in that dark place, when he was, I mean, look, The Fiend was undeniably supernatural, okay? So I could be way off here. And I've said before, I really struggle with the supernatural stuff because when it comes to supernatural stuff, there's just no rules. Anything can happen. So you can sit here and theorize till the cows come home. Like anything is possible when you... It, factor in supernatural stuff so if i just think about what i think it could be it could be that bray when he was that dark version of himself may have just recorded this clip and for some reason requested that it was played during uh funhouse bray's match right now, I don't know why he would request that. I don't know why the video would be given to someone to play whilst Funhouse Bray was in the ring. It doesn't necessarily mean that there were two separate entities, like Bray's in the ring and, like, The Fiend is off elsewhere. Like, 
I don't even understand how that would happen, how that would work, because the fiend was within the fiend was using Bray's body, like because Bray had said he'd learnt to control it. Well, there's only one body. There's only one Bray. There's only Wyndham. So uh, this is where it loses me. This is where I struggle. I'm just being honest. Because how can the Fiend be a separate entity to Bray Wyatt? And how can it show itself physically when there's only the one body? You know, you can say, oh, you're thinking about it too much, but this is this is what you have to think about. Like, if the conversation is that Funhouse Bray was in the ring and there was a separate entity that was on screen at the same time, how is that possible when there is only one body and that body was in the ring? So, and again, you can go, yeah, but it's supernatural, but what does that mean? Like, this is where... This is where it lost me. This is where it would lose me as well. So, yeah, difficult, really difficult. And this is why I just do not want to go down those roads again, because I think there is a, an incredible story that can be told here and one that you can put the pieces together that makes sense, if if you know what I mean. I mean, listen, if Bray can come out and explain some of this stuff, thanks. I'd really appreciate it. Um. Bray was standing in the ring, got interrupted. I don't think that was Bray. Bray, he made me cry happy tears with Timmy's. I wonder who this is. Can't wait for what he's got in store. Let's go, Bray. Love you. Also, I got my Queen Elizabeth Funko today. Uh, and the band Queen put out a new song. Bray segment. Love the genius of the multifaceted personality. He's given me a reason uh, to get excited for what is coming. Seeing our friend Triple H, the Fatal 4, we had some good spots. And of course, no pats. Uh, Bray's promo was a great character work. And the Bloodline story with Sammy is great. The return of LA Knight, the debut of Zaleda Vega. Oh, very good. Zaleda Vega. Yeah, no Queen Zelina, which I must say, I'm quite relieved that. That the Queen and King stuff really runs its course really quick in 2022 i don't know what it is back in the day where you had macho king and king harley race and king booker it worked in 2022 the king gimmicks they're just quite cringe quite quick aren't they they're just cringe quickly like they seem to run their course after about a month I don't know if it's because we don't do enough with them. Like, maybe we need to have Zelina, like, telling people what to do and she has some kind of power. I think the problem is they go around calling themselves king and queen, but they have no power. It doesn't mean anything. No one listens to them. They don't get booked any better. So maybe if it actually came with something, then it would work. But, yeah, it ran its course super quick. So, uh, yes, I like that. Zaleda Vega. Uh, Hardy, live Hardy with the scent on. Bray talking honest and real words with a big cliffhanger at the end. Seeing Bray especially being so emotional and being thankful towards the fans. Bray Wyatt's emotional promo, live and Ray winning, said Sam. Ray Mysterio moving away from his son and, of course, Bray Wyatt. 
Bray Wyatt, or should I say Wyndham's promo and a new theme. Bray promo and Rey Mysterio winning the Fatal 4-Way. LA Knight, yeah. And Bray's return, obvs. Bray and his fire new theme song. Liv getting some payback on Sonya. Bray Wyatt's entrance and promo. Bray promo, Legado and Fatal 4-Way. WrestleMania 30, yowie wowie. Uh, Bray Wyatt said Hayden. Ray joining SmackDown. Bray Wyatt segment. Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. Bray winning. Bray. Crying Bray. Bray's words. Bray Wyatt. And Bray. Okay, wow. This is maybe, dare I say, more interesting. Because I think we got the message, Bray Wyatt. What didn't you like? Uh, maximum male models. Uh, wait in the entire show for Bray. I wonder if the weird creature that talks to him at the end will turn out to be another Bray alter ego uh, slash new version of The Fiend. Uh, LA Knight heel turn could have been held back for a more dramatic heel turn. Don't know how I felt about it. I wasn't hyped for the women's trios tag match, but it wasn't bad. Just my least favorite part. Uh, spending time with the community members doing my job, says Hayden. Uh, Cross beatdown was kind of pointless and just overdrew at this point. Sammy and Solo teaming up against Port J. There was no need for that. The table being sacrificed for the greater good of Liv Hardy. I want to meet Bailey. Acknowledge me as your tribal chief. Uh, Bray's new music couldn't understand the lyrics. Uh, it's what I'm sure if we go back, listen to it, you'll be able to pick them out. Uh, the whole show was good. I didn't have a bad uh points it was solid no complaints Eva marie just because hit row was my least favorite wait until the end for bray braun and amos not squaring up braun versus jobbers to be honest the intercontinental challengers match fatal four-way was lackluster la knight being heel la knight turning heel la knight being heel dominic mysterio he wasn't even on the show and he gets a mention uh, women's tag match, damage control match, women's match, Rey Mysterio crying Bray was someone's least favorite part. He did. It is worth saying. I mean, like, it's very difficult because I do think that it, I do think everyone's support meant a lot to him. I do think that you've got to remember he was out of WWE. I mean, that's a low point to be at. Yes, it's exciting that you can go and do movies. It's exciting. He had a great career. I'm sure he could have gone to AEW. And, you know, it's never over. Even when you get uh, kicked out of WWE, you've got to know there's a chance that you'll always find a way back. But I can understand him feeling really down, really low, and losing his way, as he said, losing people. I, I think that the I think that there is I think there is a really good chance that him going out and speaking from the heart could have resulted in him being emotional. Equally, he might have been talking and trying to get emotional. It's 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 so hard when you've got someone like Braid that is so character driven. He gives you something like that, like a emotional Wyndham. It's so hard to know if it's genuine, and it's so hard to know how exaggerated or if it's exaggerated. I feel like I feel like it is exaggerated. I feel like he shed a lot more than he needed to. I feel like he didn't need to cry in that moment. I feel like he probably got himself worked up to the point where he did cry in that moment. 
It's difficult. It's really difficult. I don't know how far he went with it. Was it a character? Was it his true self? I just don't know. I just don't know. I feel like it was exaggerated. And as I said during the watch along, the voice interrupts, which must have been pre-recorded, and said, little one, oh, little one. Like, the way that it said it, it was like, oh, come on now. Yeah, so I think he knew he was going to have to go out there and be open, honest, emotional, heartfelt. Hey, I don't know if he knew he was going to go out there and cry. I do think it means a lot to him, though. I, I don't think that he is lying at all. I think that, as I said, I think the best way I can word it, trying to trying to word correctly what I'm saying is very difficult. I think that it is truth turned up to 11. That's the best way I can word it. So I wouldn't hold the fact he was crying against him. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Oh, you're crying. <laughs> I wouldn't. I think that there's a purpose to it. I think there was a purpose to it. I think it was real emotion, said Mosey. It was definitely real, said Sonny. Uh, hell no, it wasn't real. His real emotion happened private with his loved ones, not us. Uh, it had to be hard when he brought up losing two people. That's true, but um, um, he was uh, apparently crying on his way out. So even before he even spoke about them, but there's nothing, you know, he could have been thinking about them. I think crying was Bray feeling guilty about something on a subconscious level, but not quite knowing why, said John. Mr. DXZ said, I think uh, the reason most of them run their course so quickly is because most have no mouthpieces to tell everyone that they're in a real deal. Booker had Charmel, Macho had Sherry. Uh, oh, you, you're talking about the King thing. Got you. Uh, King of Huiko Mundo said it was horrible. And he should not have done that. Uh, who was the other person? Uh, what other person, but Three Diglett said, the story is real, but real emotion? I don't know about that. Mm. It's really interesting. Is that, I, I, you are not, I do not think you are wrong to question how real that was because he is a very creative person who creates different characters and different characters that are so varied that if he has created a character that is vulnerable, if he has created a character based on his true self that is not a, a complete reflection of his true self, it is his true self turned up to 11. It is his true self where the emotion is allowed to come out. I don't think you're wrong to, to question how much of that was real? How much of that was a character? Only I, I can see those questions being asked on social media and people being shot down for it. I will not shoot you down for that here because I am asking those questions myself. And I think that everything he said is true. I believe that. And uh, I, think, I think we're largely on the same page. It's a very, very difficult conversation to have because you don't want to come across as insensitive. Because I do think a lot of the things he said was true, uh, if not all of it was true, you know, where he lost his way, lost his self-confidence and all of that kind of stuff. I don't know that he needed to share all of that. And I don't know that he needed to cry and show that level of emotion. 
it's really hard to know how far he pushed it for effect because he is that good. And we don't know if this is a character. I It could be him and it could have been 100% him or it could have just been turned up a bit. So yeah, that's kind of, that's something I'm chewing over at the moment and I'll, I'll go back and watch it and see. And there's a few question marks. I mean, I'm, you know, we're, we're pretty close to wrapping this up. We've done about an hour and nearly 15 minutes. And that's that's enough for this. We've uh, looked at the review and everything. I, I want to go away, watch again, see what people are saying. Kind of mull it all over. Look into those like little theories that are coming out, the little images people have found. People will have gone through this thing with a fine tooth comb now. So, you know, there'll be a lot of stuff that's out there that wasn't evident right at the start. So I'm looking forward to digging into all of that. Uh, Three Diglets says, thanks for not blocking me, mods. I love Bray. I've got my opinions as well. Yeah, oh, God, you're welcome to bring them. Honestly, you're welcome to bring them. It's, uh, I, I don't think anyone should be getting blocked for sharing their opinions and their like thoughts, unless they're offensive. And, you know, there's a reason that they need to be blocked unless they're like spamming or the swearing or the really, I don't know, sexist or racist or something along those lines. Like just showing you opinions, there's no there's no real need for uh, that being blocked. So, yeah, no, I, no. Um, I, I love the fact that we're we're being open. We're being honest. You know, this these videos should be a, a place where and these reviews should be a place what's the point in reviewing the show if you can't be honest about it like it's very interesting and i'm still mulling it over rick said coming back to the earlier question the picture from the female in the mask was a frame in the video at the end of smackdown appreciate that appreciate that i felt there was hidden stuff in there because there was it was there was a lot going on there was a lot of static there was a lot of just images and you know, I, I was more focused on what he was saying, to be honest, more so than the images that were coming through. But um, I'm looking forward to having a look at those images and seeing kind of where we where we go. So, yeah. Uh, right. Well, we're done anyway. I think we've touched on everything. There's not really much more I can bring to you at this stage without doing some more uh, research. So really appreciate the support. You know that. Uh, thank you so much for joining us and thank you for joining us on this second channel as I said I know this is not the place where the reviews have been taking place but this is where they live now we will be uh, doing the NXT one on Tuesday the Raw one of course on Monday as well uh, any kind of big pay-per-view uh, ones will take place here also so yeah there's a, there's a lot that will happen over on this uh, second channel obviously that big Bray video uh, dropped i dropped it right at the end of smackdown that's over on the other channel if you've not seen that yet and uh don't forget if you do miss these live you can always catch them on spotify on stitcher on google podcast i still need to get it onto apple music and that is very high on my to-do list but um to be honest all this bray and white rabbit stuff has just took up so much time so uh, i will get that sorted as well so big big thank you uh to everyone that joined us here joined us on the watch along enjoyed the videos and uh, hopefully I will see you again next time. Bye for now.